Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and publisher of Heavy Metal Magazine. The only thing I like more than Justin Bieber is Sci-Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We will tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. It is now time for us to put Earth under our rule. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you've been guilty of witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message of your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Bye bye Saturday night. You know, you would think that after doing this all this time, I wouldn't yawn right before that cue is supposed to come up. <laughs> and yet I did. Oh, my God. It's TalkCast 199, and it's multi-dimensional happy hour night here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Deep in Area 51 on the sub-level 21 promenade adjacent to the slippery Jim DeGriz slip and slide pachinko parlor. And across the corridor from Tiny Timmy's Galactic Goose Jerky Shack, I am the Dome. Joining the talk cast tonight are the usual suspects in the Revere Time Vortex, our silent soundboard vixen, president of technicalness, sometimes level-headed, oft-times outspoken, occasionally awesome, potentially acerbic, and very tired tonight, Kriana. Good news, everyone. Bite me. <laughs> From the stacks of her personal silence in the Dank Dungeon reading room, staff writer for Better Homes and Critters E-Zine, she's got books and robots and cats who may or may not be mechanical, and when she remembers to unmute herself, she can be quite interesting. It is the Zombrarian. Our happy talk like a pirate day. Our... Okay. From the four-color vault of comics in Manchester, New Hampshire, our lovely Ginger Ingenue, the woman best remembered as choreography in Dirty Dancing Zombie Jamboree, our very own Dust Bunny in the cleaning room of horror, it is the dead redhead. Arr, back to you, Zombrarian. Oh, we're going to be doing this all night. Um, I can... You can't hesitate when you say horror. horror. I didn't! You, I, I so didn't. You kind of did. I kind of didn't. No, no, no. I'm not taking any responsibility for that. Well, I'm throwing one in the creepy jar for you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Our guest for the show tonight, Matthew Wayne Selznick. Matthew, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me, you guys. It is an honor, and I'm sure it's going to be a pleasure. Well, I can't guarantee either. You assume too much. <laughs> well, you don't know how I define pleasure, so. Oh. I don't have a sound effect for that. Uh-oh. Oh, good Lord. I'm very frightened. <laughs> Maybe it's this one. No. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> Matthew defines himself as a creator working with words, music, pictures, and people. He is the creator of the popular Sovereign-era story world, including the novels Brave Men Run and Pilgrimage. He lives in Long Beach, California. And welcome. Thanks. Thanks a lot. We're going to be talking about your universe and the things you do and the things you write and, 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 the, and the stuff that goes on in your world in the second half of the show. We're going to start off the show today, yeah, but I've got to find the window for it. I've got so many freaking windows up right now. I want to shoot somebody. Ah, with, as we always do, um, with stuff. 
because that's what we do. And in stuff this week, there's been a lot going on. The most important thing in the universe of Sci-Fi Saturday Night right now is that at this time next week, we will be at Granite Con, September 28th and 29th in Manchester, New Hampshire. And for those of you who don't know what it's about and don't know where it is, it is in Manchester, New Hampshire. You go to the Verizon Center and look at diagonally across the street, and there it is at the Radisson Center of New Hampshire. And what's going to be on there? A ton of people are going to be there, uh, including Craig Russo, Katie Cook, uh, Sarah Richard, who we love dealing with, uh, Blair Shedd for the Doctor Who Dorothy of Oz comic annual, uh, Peter Vinton Jr., who else? And let's not list any more people and just direct them to the website. Yes, and the website is granitecon.com. Some of the cool Are you sure that's what it is? I am absolutely possible. Perfect, because I'm looking at it right now. Granitecon.com. Bunch of our friends uh, from the voice acting world are going to be there, including Richard Horvitz, who was uh, at uh, Rock and Shock last year and did us. Actually, that's the one we should have used. No. Use it next week. I wanted Kevin Eastman. And uh, Jess Harnell and Rob Paulson from uh, Animaniacs are going to be there, as well as Gray Delis and Jim Cummings. And there's going to be... I thought Billy West was going to be there, too. No, Billy is not He's not listed, and I thought oh, he was. I thought he was going to be there. Maybe he's going to Rhode Island. Could be. Anyway. One of the cool events that they're doing this year is a voice actor script read of the Avengers. Yes. And that is, please be advised, a ticketed event. It is a separate event. But if you've purchased a VIP pass, it includes entrance to all of the other events uh, there as well. Uh, and they don't say how much it is if, it's, if you buy just a regular day pass for it. And I wish they did. They don't say... No. Well, Chris, Quincy, um, Brett, email uh, us. Yeah, let Send us an know. email. Chidonda. Chidonda. One, <laughs> one of you other mooks who works there. I don't know any of the other names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call them the mooks. The mooks? I, I, I think there's this. Pat, too. There's a Pat, too. Um, and, I, and I've met him, but but you know, you know that look you get when you're a woman and you walk into a comic store? I know that look because I've walked into a number of them with you, yes. I was and just going to say, you, you know that look, don't you? I, I absolutely kind of do. Well, Dom, when someone walks in with a chest like you... No, just no thank you. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Um, yeah. Thank you for not knowing and By me. the way, I will be cosplaying for our fans out there. Last time I walked in to Double Midnight Comics, I was greeted by a face I didn't recognize, and I was like, Slack oh, hi, hey, how's it going? And he was like, hey. There's a girl in here. I know. And, and then I saw Chris and I was like, Chris, save me. And the guy was like, Chris, save me. <laughs> and that was the end of that interaction. I don't know who it is. He probably has no idea who I am. And, is, and is, this is on in the store right now and he's working and he's like, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Otherwise, Chris knows exactly who it is and he's going to not have a job and come to Granite Con and murder me. Yeah, there's always that possibility. Chris, don't fire him, please. He's probably a very nice young man. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, I make no value judgment on that. 
fire okay. him if you want. Okay, you're done. You're done. Hey, yeah, I'm done. I am. I am. three quarters of the way through this bottle of wine. Leave me alone. Okay, good. There's also a, a huge gaming event that's going on, I guess, for both days. Uh, so there's going to be a, a full board game room for Heroclix, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh! And we know who's going to be there for that, don't we? We do. Who? Captain Hair Gel. Oh. <laughs> so that will be next weekend, September 28th and 29th, 2013. So if you're listening to this in the year 2024, don't worry about it. You've already missed it. <laughs> Not a problem. Uh, but just in case you happen to be listening to it either live or on Memorex or on iTunes between now and September 28th, be there. It's a lot of fun. Meet us there. We'll all be there. Have fun. Sayonara. That's it. Uh, Dead Redhead. Yes. You wanted to talk about, very briefly, what's going on at, uh, at Rock and Shock. Yes. And one of the Anything other you happening this week? Uh, that will be, they actually updated some things last week, but since the weather gods were being cruel last week, uh, we didn't get to really talk about that, and, um, just very quickly, they've had some, at, uh, cool additions, and they will have a total of four Walking Dead actors down there, so if you're a big Walking Dead fan, make sure you get down there, um, on Friday, Big news for if you get a chance and you can go down on Friday and not wait for the whole weekend gig on Saturday, Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes are going to be down there, but only for Friday night. And that's it. Um, as I said, we have Walking Dead people. We have Cliffy from Cheers is going to be there. Uh, Robert England, some other really big guys. Again, you can go to the Rock and Shock, all one word, Rock and Shock. Dot com That will tell you all the famous people that are going to be down there. One of the neat things they're doing is they're doing a, a Boston Strong auction. And for, I don't know how you wouldn't know about Boston Strong, but for the, the charity Boston Strong, which a lot of the money is going to people who were affected by the bombings that we had last April, uh, some of the neat things that they are going to sell that you might be interested in include Odorous Urungus's mask. Oh and my god. Cool. You know. cool. Wait, 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 wait. Does that mean it didn't get renewed? He didn't get renewed? I don't know. I think it's another one. I think this is one of his ones from on stage. Oh. Yep. And I hope it's not anything from the butt sweat that we were talking about with Laura a couple <laughs> weeks ago. That's my hope. Um, but one of his masks is going to be up. A guitar signed by Rob Zombie. And I got to see... Um, Lords of Salem, and at some point I need to do a review of that. I was actually very happy with Lords of Salem. It was oh, a cool. good movie. Uh, and then they also have, I guess, the big piece that we could talk about, because we have a connection with it, is they have a win-a-date with Adam Green, um, the creator of Holliston. Uh, they're oh, also going to be God. doing an advanced screening of some of Season 2 at Rock and Shock on that weekend. And that happens to be October 18th, 19th, and 20th, I believe. So they're actually pulling a three-day. Yes, nice. they are there from Friday night through Sunday. Nice. 
But uh, if you have watched Holliston and you've heard us talk to Laura and you've heard us talk to some of the other actors and saw some of the pictures from last year, you can actually win a date with Adam. So think about that, everybody. I was going to say ladies, but I will be non-judgmental about that. Um, (laughs) Think about it, folks. You can get a date with Adam Green. And there Uh... we go. We'll have more next week. So if you're a fan of sweaters... Or Star Trek, or recreating pictures from the past. You're gonna love this next story. <laughs> oh, good lord! Go on. So Will Wheaton is kind of awesome. Will Wheaton, and he was at a con, and a fan walked up to him and asked him to sign a picture of himself in a horrible, horrible sweater. That That's he right. wore in The Next Generation. And he was like, oh, har, har, horrible. Oh, sweater. you mean the one with the circular, yeah. There were a bunch the of them. The tan one. Oh. Not horrible sweaters? This one is, I think, particularly <laughs> horrible. It's, it's just sort of tan and horrible. Anyway, so he's like, oh, hardy har, old sweater. And then the guy seriously pulls the sweater out of his bag. No way. Nice. He had purchased the sweater at, at auction, and Will Wheaton was like, now I need to recreate this picture. <laughs> so he recreates, it's just like a goofy headshot of him with a goofy smile. Which he did a lot of in Next Gen. And he still yes, kind he of can. does, you just can't tell as much behind the beard. He's got the facial hair going now. Yes. And, and, and he's a little chubbier. And by a little, I mean quite. But that's okay. It's just more to love, right? You still love him. That's right. Also, he's not still on the show. Scrawny, so yeah, he he was fairly scrawny. Yes, very, very scrawny. Absolutely, gotta love Will Wheaton. We do. We want him on the show. Do do you know that people we don't, but him we want. You know, you know what blew me away is is I I grabbed a whole bunch of John Scalzi audio books, and Will Wheaton does most of the voice for uh, his audiobooks. And why now. does that blow you away? Uh, well, because I just never considered uh, Will Wheaton to be the kind of voice that would work well with audiobooks, and it is. Yeah, you and, think of that guy who played Q. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, um, uh, Bruce Wayne, right? No. <laughs> you're John Delance. You're, you're pathetic. You're Will does a lot of audiobook work and and animation and video game voice yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it kind of just blew me away because Richard. I've that was he was priceless at Red Shirts. Oh my gosh, yeah, he absolutely was, and but it just you know his is I've gotten so into John Scalzi's audiobooks for some ungodly reason. So, Dylan, this this goes back to the fact before the show that anything higher than an Atari just really impresses you. All right, that's enough. <laughs> Is there a problem with that? I'm just pointing I like it out. Audio. I'm just pointing Especially it out. Yeah, you, right. need, you need like a Pac-Man noise. <laughs> I should split up that Billy West interview to get to, and get those all the sound effects, huh? Yeah, you absolutely should. That <laughs> all right, happen. well, that's my new job. Speaking of new jobs, Bill Nye, the science guy, has a new job, and it's cha-chaing like a boss on Dancing with the Stars. Thank you. Play the good segue noise. Um, I 
Oh, there it is. Not a good segue to the good segue noise. No, not at all. There it is. That was the bad noise. Yeah, yeah, because I I did a bad segue to the noise. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Bill Nye is paired up with his blonde bombshell on Dancing with the Stars, cha-cha-ing to weird science, and it is pure magic. It is magic. I dare you to be like the three idiot judges and not like it. I dare you. That lady judge was not an idiot. She did call him the heart of the show. He is the heart of the show. He's more than the heart of the show. He's, he is the heart of my heart. He's the heart of he's everything. Tall. He's the heart of the show and the spleen as well. You know, you know, he's <laughs> he's going to have some really dark secret because no one is that no Happy. one is that good. Well, Mr. Rogers was. No, Maybe was. the dark secret sure involves Mr. Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was a oh. robot. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Mr. Rogers had issues. Let's let's. I'm from Pittsburgh. He really was like that. Hey, I'm, I'm sure Pittsburgh he was too. like that. I'm just not sure like that is a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> no. You you know what his problem was? He yes, I do, but I'm not going to say it. Oh, he changed his different shoes when he was in the house. If you're going to take off your outside shoes when you enter the house, why not just not wear shoes? Barefoot, Wouldn't that baby. be more yeah. comfortable for everyone? <laughs> Maybe the floor wasn't clean enough. Wow. You know, if you had Mr. McFeely walking in and out of your house all day. That's true. Just saying. Anyway. Wow. This we is, really got off track on that one. We took a hard left, guys. Wow. I don't so even... back to Bill Nye. I really, my dream now for the show is that at least once before he's voted off, he does some sort of dance to the theme song of his own show. No, I think he's got to do... Um, uh, the science guy. He's, he's got to do She Blinded Me with Science. Well, least. yeah, he's going to do something science-themed every week. But my point is, at least once, he's got to dance to the theme hey, song of hey. his own show. Which one is a beaker or a flask? A flask has a neck. Exactly. He, he is bringing science to normal people in, in words they can understand or, or sounds they can understand in this case. And she uh-huh. still didn't get it. <laughs> Who didn't get it? His dance partner. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, you know, she dances really well. That's yeah, everybody's got to do something fast. really well, and that was hers. And she's uh. very pretty. She is. Speaking of pretty, Thor 2 is being made. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good segment. Wow. We are, like, hitting wow. all of these. All of okay, who, transitions. You're not, I know Dom wanted to talk about right? Joss Whedon, so I thought I'd mention that Joss Whedon has been called onto the set of Thor 2 to fix it. Somebody yeah, can made. that be fixed? Um... Oh. Clearly, it can. Well, if anyone can fix it, Joss Whedon can fix it. That's right. What they brought him in for was to tune the continuity back into uh, the second S.H.I.E.L.D. movie. Yeah, they- oh, you know they brought him in to write some quippy lines for Loki. Well, yeah, there's that, too. And I mean, I gotta tell you, you know, uh, does Whedon do dialogue really well? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that, as, that and Loki's affinity for sea mammals, it is a <laughs> complete win. 
Let's I love that. Direct, correct? And you know what? Did anybody no, answer that? No, not close to that that project anymore. Oh, thank God. Okay, I can I go see it. it safely then. Here's my thing about this announcement. They said that this is what he was doing on Iron Man three, and it was so incredibly evident yep. that he. All the good parts of Iron oh, Man 3 came good from parts him. of Iron Man mm-hmm. 3. That Hello Kitty wristwatch. Joss probably yep. took that from one of his kids and was like, I need to borrow this. <laughs> it's going to be in a movie. And his kids were like, okay. They probably oh, were like, but, th- but this is a special edition. And he was like, that's genius. I like that. I'll use that. <laughs> I-, I think what's happened is that Kevin Feige and, and Joss have come to an agreement about the direction that the Marvel Universe and film has to go towards. And that's why Joss has been giving... happened is Joss Whedon said, this is the way that this is going to go. I think you're right. I think that's exactly how it happened. And they all said, okay. Okie dokie. Yeah, you seem to know what you're doing. I'm pretty sure that the the suits at Marvel have the last say on that one. I mean, him saying exactly how things are going to go didn't work too well for him with Angel. If we all but remember. it worked really well for Marvel and the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sure. He made them a lot of money. I mean, he basically made half the uh, the employees of DC check in for Suicide Watch. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Naked so with their toasters to in the bathtub. Oh, yeah. Well, that's oh, how they should be, apparently. Oh, Guess pulling out what I was angry about. Topical. We already had that. Like it. <laughs> I was just well about played, to young Jedi. Well played. Suicide funny. Oh, good I wasn't Lord. making it funny. It, it was the truth. But another Joss news. Uh, actually, it's Jed Whedon news, uh, and and it's also incredibly cool tie-in for me personally and probably nobody else. One of my favorite shows out of Britain was Misfits. Oh, and, for Christ's sake. And Ruth Negga, who uh, was one of the stars of Misfits season one and two, uh, just got herself a recurring role on S.H.I.E.L.D. Who was she dumb? They haven't actually said. No, I mean, who, who, which one was she the in Misfits? The only black girl. Oh my God, she's so good. She was terrific. The black girl probably has a character name that you could point out. If I could remember it, I would, but you know how I am with Hashtag names. Hashtag racism. <laughs> She's the one who, unfortunately, her special power is that guys wanted to sexually assault her. You know, right. what a well, cool um, it was Wow, a- way, way to curb that <laughs> racism, BBC. Awesome. Oh, and- the number of isms in that just, like, skyrocketed. <laughs> Could have, yeah. Wow. That's just so, tragic. So while we're waiting for the first Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. <clears throat> to show up. Next week. Um, on the Avengers DVD was a short called Item 47. And in that short, they introduced a character that they were looking to spin off into a television show. The character was Agent Carter. Agent Carter was actually uh, the same person who played Captain America's girlfriend uh, that was played by Haley Atwell. No one remembers yeah. that because no one actually watched that movie. Oh, that movie was amazing. I remember her. Yeah. 
It was such a boring movie. The only good thing about that movie was Hugo Weaving. No. I'm not no. talking about our pet spider. I'm talking about the actor. I love Hugo Weaving. I'm sorry. I love him, too. He catches flies out on the balcony. <laughs> He's almost up with Voltaire. Oh, good. Oh, wait, I get it. Oh, Weaving, like a web. Yeah. Hugo Weaving. Huh? We named our pet spider Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Oh. So it looks like that should uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually do as well as everybody thinks it's going to do, they are ready to begin scripting the new Agent Carter movie. Uh, So who's heading up Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again? Jed Whedon, Joss's brother. I think it'll be fine. Uh, me too. So we can look for a second Marvel series next season as Agent Carter starring Haley Atwell. Which should be fun, quite frankly. Do you Although know if that's I have be started the- watching this season's shows and can I say Well wait a minute, Matthew, you had a question? Oh, oh I was just curious, do you know if that's gonna be a period series? Um, I don't. Or are they? It would be really cool if it was though, like Warehouse Thirteen, but like Warehouse Eleven. Or you know, yeah. well, in the comics, Sharon Carter was a contemporary character, so right. yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, it's it's kind of questionable because they they refer to her by that name, but it was Agent Carter's mother or grandmother. Oh, there you go. That's no. how they get away with the same actress, right? Exactly. Which I have no complaints about. None whatsoever. My God, she was She's terrific. a fine actress. Absolutely. You were you were saying Dead Redhead. Yes, I've been trying out some of the new shows. And so far, I'm one for three. And the one isn't even a science fiction. We watched the 99. And that, was, that actually had both X and I laughing pretty, pretty well. But I watched, unfortunately, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, really? It's been getting pretty good reviews. Eva yeah, has a new home. <laughs> maybe 15, 18 minutes of it tops. What and I heard was, was you can't start watching it with any expectations beyond it enjoyable not on some it level. It should not have been called Sleepy Hollow. I kind of expected it to be like Grim. Ichabod Crane. They should just not have even gone there. I kind of expect it to be like Grimm, you know, sort of a a buddy cop show. Yeah, why didn't they just bring this guy back from the 1700s and make it some other... Why did he have to be Ichabod Crane? Why did it have to be Sleepy Hollow? Because other... The only reason to watch the beginning of it was is to see what happens to the Kurgan. I mean, other than that, there's no reason to watch any of this show. Period. I'm going to kind of disagree with you there. Um, you go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> I hear that it's fun in a campy way. It I is. Like camp. You hated camp every year I sent you to it. Don't do that. I never attended wah, wah, camp, wah, wah. but I've been told I enjoy campy things. You might I like camp like it. too, and this this was just stupid. <laughs> it well, mm, no. <laughs> I'm just gonna say uh, this deserves a shot. I'm not sure that they actually have a direction in mind for it because the entire episode was kind of scattershot. It never really developed one way or the other. Uh, The writing, I think, may have had one too many people 
involved in it to where and it, this is it, why you liked it <laughs> it never got cohesive but there was there was some promise to it was it. a kernel there, there, it may it may have been a couple of atoms that coalesce you you see maybe you a can, kernel sanders you can of, see uh, through and see the potential there is definitely potential there, and the oh. question is, are they going to get anywhere near it? And that, I don't know yet, but I'm willing to give it maybe one or two more episodes, maybe even more than that. Uh, it's it's one of the few times that everybody in the household was sitting there watching it, which is a surprising thing. I'm excited for American Horror Story. I hope it's oh, a lot God, less gory too. than the last one. Me too. I am so waiting for that to start. I love the promo. It's October, right? Yeah. yeah, it's but it's early in October. I think it's only a couple of weeks out. The pro, and Dome is right. The promo, there will be a link to it in the doc in the show post, and the promo is gorgeous. By the way, and my oh. only issue with it, wait, I have one big big issue with it, and that is that I was all super excited because um, not only is Jessica Lange's, the woman who played Jessica Lange's daughter in the first season. The oh, one she's who, back? Oh, really? She's back. Oh. Nice. Um, and oh, what's her name? Yes, oh, she was in Precious. Oh, no clue then. She is a woman of size and color. Um, oh, she must be wise. Yeah. What? TV trope, never mind. Very cute. <laughs> Is that um, you talking about, Sombrarian? Well, she's both a plus-size woman and a woman of color, and I was really excited Wait, because they have... We're doing great with the race issues here tonight. Well, no, no, yeah, no, American no. Horror is Story it, hasn't it, done... Gabarissa. Ha- ha- American Horror Story has not done well in the past in terms of having a diverse cast. And mm-hmm. this season's cast was looking really, really diverse in terms of ethnicity and um did she play have people the eponymous character of precious i believe so her yeah. name is gabori sidibe 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 all right yeah well anyway they have them walking into this building and they're all lined up and they show her when they do the face shots but there's a shot where it's all just their feet and yes they used models for the feet, so that all of the legs were skinny. Oh. And that ticked me right off. Did they actually use, uh, you know, I'm thinking back at it now, and you're right, they did. It's, and it's almost jarring, because there is actually, they used um, a black model in that shot, but it's so obviously somebody who's tall and skinny Yes. And then they switch, and she's walking, and she's just got all this poise, and she's got, it's an amazing shot of her, and they didn't bother to use her feet because they didn't look right or something. Huh. Maybe Dad, she had a pedicure gone wrong. You don't know what happened. I don't I know. Think, I think we'll feelings. figure it out. It's my feminist feelings, and I'm having them. Anyway, you know how I know that fall is in the air? It's because pumpkin spice lattes are back at Starbucks. Those <laughs> creepy <laughs> child 
Uh, most haunted specials are coming back on slowly but surely. Yeah. I love that. And those. Halloween Town. Halloween Town is on. And American Horror Story is about to start. Like, that's how you know it's fall in New England. It only gets creepier from here. Christmas is just around the corner. And it's the 20th anniversary year of Hocus Pocus. Get ready now. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And say hi to Doug Jones while you're at it. Go watch Witches. They turn children into mice. Scariest movie ever. Just saying. (laughs) And one quick stiffy note. Uh, I have no idea how they are going to show uh, that that New Zealand f- series. You mean the Almighty Johnson? The Almighty Johnson. Jesus, God, don't. I know, I know. Hey, Do they swear know? a lot? They <laughs> Well, there's a little bit of nudity. No, there's a lot of nudity. Not that Lost. much. I don't know. I don't think it's any worse than Lost Girl. Oh, it Lost asked. Girl is way worse, actually. Wait, are they re- Are they just going to show it, or are they going not, to... I haven't said Redo no, it. I thought they said they were just showing it, not remaking oh, it. They, they, no, they're not remaking it. They're showing it. Same, same as they've done with Lost Girl. Well, maybe they'll, they'll blur. They I'm may sure have they to. will. <laughs> <laughs> there's some you can tell very, very full rear rears. But there's, there's also the point of view where, yes, there is. Uh, <laughs> More rear than... Probably either of us wanted to see Dome. (laughs) (laughs) I think we both cringed at this. We can agree and drink to that. Absolutely. (laughs) But there's there's also the the acceptable language quotient. Um, There's clearly a, a different opinion in the rest of the universe than what is acceptable language in American television. Because you're going to be hearing more thousand cycle bleep tones than you've ever thought possible. It's just very odd. Uh, and and Siffy has just grabbed the Canadian werewolf series Bitten, which stars uh, Laura Vandervoot. Uh, the show is based on Women of the Other Worlds by Kelly Armstrong. And it's in the same as Lost Girl is a Female Succubus. This is the first female werewolf. And oh, if you've read, snaps. well, the you first mean in their universe? Yeah, in their universe. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing how well it works because Woman of the Other World is a is a really cool series of books by Kelly Armstrong. One that I Kelly Armstrong I've, Other World Kelly Armstrong going, Other World going anywhere else with that? Okay. I have a question. Eleven. That's a good answer. 42. <laughs> Did we have a poll this week? If you've ever yes, been... Unless you know, we like, had it last week, but again, the, the gods wouldn't let us. I, I believe you were smote. We might have been. We might have not, not we, us. just you, because the rest of us were fine. <laughs> <laughs> there was some heavy-duty smiting life. going on in, in the four-color vault of comics last week. A whole lot of smiting going Story on. Story of my life. Barnabas. <laughs> oh, he's been acting up. Well, that's a whole other story Uh-oh. that nobody really cares Uh-oh. about. Oh, I hit a nerve, <laughs> everyone. So what was the poll last week, then? So what we did was we asked everybody what... The, well, since we can't do official polls the way we should and put up 
give people answers and say, hey, here's some answers. Which one would you like to see win? We have to kind of count up what everybody's suggestion Responses. is because <clears throat> Facebook sucks. Um, I didn't say that. <laughs> So I did count them up. I had them up on our site, and some other people had them up on sites. So I counted them all up, and it was, what was your favorite uh, science fiction rock and roll band? So what we got was, num coming in at number three, was Val Holland from Dexter. If anybody knows the show Dexter, when they have the superhero guys there, he's like a right. Thor ripoff. So Val Halen won, came in number three. Wait, Dexter's Laboratory second, or the show about the serial killer? Dexter's no. Laboratory. Okay. That I was, was a whole really confused for a second. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I can't imagine there being a, a Thor rock band in Dexter. Well, I can't. Unless it was actually Thor, the rock band. seven yet, so I didn't know. <laughs> you know, it could happen. <laughs> Anyway, who is in second place? Second place are the Hong Kong Cavaliers from Buckaroo Banzai. Not a clue. And, and, and. <laughs> Wait, say the magic word. Peter Weller. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Moving on. First place. <laughs> when did that become a magic word? Uh... Yay! We have our drum roll. Coming in at number one, everybody's favorite band from the 70s. The Cantina Band from Moss Eisley. I thought that was appropriate. That was very appropriate. Thank now, you. we had two, two interesting ones I just wanted to add that people put in that were very odd. Uh, somebody had added the band Nazgul, which I get to say this tonight because it's in one of George R.R.R.R.R.R.R. Martin's books. They're apparently a heavy metal band that makes their lyrics out of uh, Yeats' poems. Hmm. Uh, okay. Don't, 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 Here's what I have to say about that. Oh, the creepy kids. Creepy children creepy. laughing. Just from sheer obscure also, uh, cred, that should be the winner. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tony Piccia, who I think has, has been a fan of ours for a while, had said that he wanted it to be Data's life form song, and I thought I would mention that one. But he was the only one who brought it up, so unfortunately it didn't win Tony. Sorry. Hmm. You know, on so next there, gen, there was this... Uh, the uh, uh, Riker used to have playing this jazz quartet on uh, on the. But that's uh, jazz. That's not rock. <laughs> I hear Dome yeah. going into his senile pontification. Oh, but I'm oh. going to say we have an awesome guest here tonight. His name is Matthew Wayne Selznick, and he writes a lot of things and also does other things. <laughs> wow! That covers it. Thank you, you know, guys. you, you got care. media in there, so I'm assuming you do more than just write things. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I I usually refer to myself as just a creator. Uh, I work in all kinds of media. See, because so so referring to you as an author would be selling you totally short. <laughs> sure, why not? I like that. Creator, yeah. yes, <laughs> master creator. That sounds awesome. Working on it. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that you're the creator of is the Sovereign Era Story World. 
which the first time I read it, I was, what comes to mind when you read that quote is really, from my way of thinking, not what you actually have. Talk to me about what the Sovereign Era story world is. The Sovereign Era is an alternate history that um, begins more or less in the mid-80s when, uh, as it says on the tin, um, individuals with amazing powers and abilities begin to appear and change the course of human destiny. Now, for those who are listening to the podcast who don't know what an alternate history is, first of all, slap yourselves. (laughs) (laughs) But second of all, alternate history is history as we know it in which a single event is changed or something different occurs and like ripples in in a still pond, the whole thing changes from that point on. And you've chosen a particularly interesting point in which to throw that pebble into the pond, and that is the mid-80s during the height of the Cold War. Yeah, yeah. I um, And, you know, there were many reasons, you know, for that particular era. It wasn't, originally, it wasn't a conscious choice, oh, I will set this in the 80s because you already have this, this you know, highly volatile political situation happening. Um, but that... As the story world developed for me, that became a, a pretty obvious kind of thing to do. Here you have, and you know, many of your listeners um, might not even be old enough to recall, but um, in 1985, we all lived with the knowledge that at any moment, for any reason, including a flock of birds flying in front of some radar dishes, the world could end. From nuclear war, I remember um, that. Sure, yeah. sure, and uh, and and it really was. I think it was Carl Sagan at the time who described it as, um, you know, a room full of gasoline with lit matches, people holding lit matches, and you know, somebody's going to drop a match, whether deliberately or on purpose. So we need to empty the gasoline, basically. <laughs> so I, I thought, well, let's take that era when things are just so hair-trigger and tense in the world, and what if we threw in a situation where suddenly there are several thousand people who are superpowers in their own right, um, and worse, who insist on being treated as sovereign, as separate from the laws and uh, mores of the nations of the world. Um, And, worse still, (laughs) um, worse squared, their apparent leader and certainly spokesperson appears to be able to do anything. So, you know, stir, mix, and then see what happens. (laughs) But the other thing that you've done is you've chosen to actually tell this story from the point of view of, I think, a 16-year-old boy. Uh, a little younger than that, but yeah, and, and you're referring to the first book in the Sovereign Nature. Era cycle, right. which, is, which is Brave Men Run. Um, that book came out in 2005, and, uh, and uh, the, the point there, and, and I should mention that, that Brave Men Run and the follow-up book Pilgrimage um, 
which we will probably we'll probably get around to calling the charters duology as as shorthand in this in this in this uh, podcast. But basically, those are just two of probably five or six books that will chronicle the 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 sovereign era as a whole. Um, and with Brave Men Run and to a lesser degree Pilgrimage, um, the, the the point was to tell a very human, very close focus kind of story and have the, the sort of widescreen events taking place offstage. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly interested, frankly, as a, as a writer, in telling very personal stories, in really digging down and investigating what it means to be human, um, whether you are a superpowered sovereign or just some schlub like you and me. Um, I'm going to speak for everybody. I apologize. So yeah, yeah. Brave Men Run takes, takes place. Uh, it, it's, it's told in the first person through the eyes of uh, uh, a young man who is at the time of the story. Uh, I think he's, he's just short of 15. Um, he's just short of 16 or maybe he is 16 at, uh, at the time of pilgrimage, the second book. Uh, I should have my notes in front of me. Hell, I should know all this just off the it's top of okay, my head. okay, because that, that <laughs> actually spirals into my third question. This this is a book uh, that could very easily be mistaken for a juvenile novel or a young teen novel because that's who the main protagonists are. Uh, and it isn't. At least as far as I'm concerned, it isn't. Uh, as, as, as a reader, I'm sitting here and you dig so nicely into bringing these characters out, uh, Nate, Lena, and uh, oh god, I can't think of the other one's name. Byron. The yes, Byron. No, not Byron. The other guy from school who's also a sovereign. Jason. Oh, uh, yes, no, that's Byron. That is Byron. Okay, that's Byron. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you read the first fifty pages, you're there. yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> So you sit there and you really just spend an awful lot of time uh, making these characters real in their unreality. So, I mean, you know, for a kid reading this, they're reading it at one level, but as an adult reading it, there's, there's that background actually keeps slamming you in the head during the whole thing. And it's wonderful. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't intend to write Brave Men Run as a young adult book. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah, just because it has a young adult protagonist doesn't mean it's necessarily aimed at the young adult market. Um, to be honest, I don't write with genre or audience in mind, anything. Um, I just, you know, I, I want to tell fun, good, hopefully entertaining stories that maybe mean something. Um, and and so yeah yeah the the taken as a whole and I understand Dome that you're you're not quite done with Brave Men Run and you've got Pilgrimage to come I do taken, taken as a whole those two books um, yeah not it, uh, totally appropriate for kids I think kids yeah, should absolutely. read no, these but yeah. not meant for kids um, not directed at kids uh, uh, I've had I, I've I've received email from the the reader community for Brave Men Run especially. Everybody from the age of twelve to the age of seventy-five. So I fit right in there. <laughs> Not in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> twelve in the mind, seventy-five in the. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely oh. perfect. 
So no, yeah, that's that's uh, I again I, I I'm gonna say it again. I really appreciate that uh, you know you picked up on that because um, it was unintentional. But I'm very pleased at the at the sort of multi-layered uh, um, appeal that the book seems to have had. Now the charter's duology. Uh, how how many years was written uh, was between the two writings? A ridiculous amount of years. Seven. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the backstory to that, if, if anybody cares. Uh, basically, I wrote Brave Men Run, uh, and that came out in September of 2005. It was, uh, for what it's worth, the first book ever to have a simultaneous release in ebook, paperback, and free podcast formats. They all landed on the same day. Uh, it was one of the first. Free podcast formats. Uh, well, it was it was it was one of the first twenty five so called podcast novels, um, one of the first books to be uh, available for free uh, to listen to as a podcast. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, and you can still find it at patiobooks dot com. The version that's there is based on an older edition, but uh, you know it's still a, it's still a good gateway drug to get into the whole sovereign era. <laughs> so <laughs> wait, let's just hold there for just a second sure what made you decide to do that and how did that actually come about oh gosh um well i was one of the first podcasters um i did a i started a music podcast in october of 2004 and uh i so i had been podcasting for about a year when podcast novels started to appear uh most notably uh t morris's moravi and uh, Paul Story's Paul uh, no uh, Paul Story yeah Paul Story was the author and the book was called Tom Corvin uh, one of the very very earliest podcast novels that tends to get overlooked and of course Scott Sigler's Earthcore um, and there were a few others um, that were uh, p- popping up and I already knew that I was going to release Brave Men Run um, in a DIY fashion uh, I've been a DIY creator my entire adult life, and uh, that just seemed to be the way to go if I was going to, you know, kind of uh, uh, walk the walk. And so, as I was coming to the end of the writing of Brave Men Run, I became aware of all these podcast novels, and uh, I thought, well, that would be a, a wonderful way to uh, to promote the book and uh, and build audience and get out there. And of course, now there are hundreds of podcast novels out there. But at the time, um, you know, much like we're, we're talking today, I did a slew of, of interviews to promote the book. And that was the primary question. Why on earth are you giving away your work for free uh, as a podcast? And, no, uh, I, that, that's the part I understand. Oh, sure. Yeah, now. <laughs> now we do. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, I think that that was, that was an incredible uh, intuitive leap of, of technology for you back then. You know, to be honest, well, thanks. Uh, I'll take it. But Please uh, do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but really, it, it, it was more, look, even, like I said, I've... I've, I've I've adopted the DIY or, you know, what we old people used to call the punk rock approach to creative endeavors. Uh, I've been doing that since 19, well, since, since Nate Charters was a kid in 1985. <laughs> um, 
So, so it was a no-brainer to me to self-publish in 2005. It was a no-brainer to me to do eBooks in 2005. Um, DRM free eBooks, I, I think, is worth noting. Um, totally worth noting. And they all still are. If there's any DRM on a product that you buy from me, it's because the distributor put it on there, not not me. And uh, but that's digressing. But anyway, so um, you know, I don't know how much ahead of the curve. Uh, I intended to be. It kind of turned out that way. Um, but I just, you know, I looked for um, delivery mechanisms that would that would that would get me a large community of readers, and as it turned out, listeners. Um, I stopped counting when when Brave Men Run uh, passed like three uh, thirty thousand subscribers, and and that was several years ago. Um, so, sort of a long, wandering answer to your question, but I don't know, you know, beyond just, yeah, this is, how else would I do this? <laughs> I'm not sure I can, I can claim any, uh, any real insight other than, you know, we used, this is just how we used to do it. You know, you want to put out an album? You that is the album. insight, though. That is the insight. Why follow the direction of, of, of this is the way it has to be done and that's that? You know, here's multiple outlets all coming out at the same time, DRM-free. Uh, you can listen to it free. You can pick it up in, in paperback. You can pick it up in ebook. Guys, here it is. Grab it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is an interesting little tidbit, and you know, thankfully this isn't the case anymore. Um, but the first year or so that the book The Brave Men Run was available, there were months when I would earn more from voluntary donations to the podcast than I would from royalties from the ebook or paperback, which just to me says that people are absolutely willing to get behind and support and become patrons of the, the creative endeavors that they, that they enjoy and the creators yeah. that they hopefully absolutely. respect. Yeah. Absolutely. And then seven years later... <laughs> You've had people still buying the book, still listening to the podcast, still talking to you about these characters, still getting emails about them, and you decide to do a Kickstarter campaign in 2012. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I did not intend, while I had always intended for there to be additional Sovereign Era books, you know, the entire arc is, like I said, maybe maybe five or six books, um, depends on how one of them pans out. Um but uh, to me, the story arc of Nate Charters, which was an emotional story arc and a character growth story arc rather than a, you know, tie up all the loop ends kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, that, it, it, was, it, it ends at the end of Brave Men Run. I just didn't have another, I didn't have anything more to say about that character. Um, and um, so I moved on to other stuff. I wrote some short stories in some other story worlds which we can talk about if you want. And I, uh, and I, I, I had a false start, unfortunately, with a, uh, a fantasy uh, novel. And over the years, um, gradually a possible second Nate Charter story began to sort of coalesce. You know, I, I want to have, with anything I write, I want to have something to say, and, and, and not in a preachy way, but some sort of, of commentary on, again, what it means to be human in, in what I write, um, regardless of the genre, regardless of, of the, the sort of surface 
depth or or weight of uh, you know of the uh, of the book. I mean, we're not. Uh, this isn't the virgin suicides we're talking about here, you know. Um, <laughs> not yet. But we can get there eventually. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, but but you know what I'm saying is I, I you know I started to have a story that had a little meaning to it rather than just oh well what if we you know what if we put Nate in this situation see what right. happens no I wanted right. it's got to mean something to the character and it's got to push the story world forward on that arc. At the same time, so because you had done other stories in in this story world, hadn't you? Uh, yeah, I wrote one short story that I released. Uh, the world revolves around you um, mm -hmm. in the Sovereign Era story world, and and I also uh, edited a an anthology of short stories by other authors, people like J.C. Hutchins and Mer Lafferty and uh, Jared Axelrod and Matt Wallace. Um, who wrote stories that took place sort of in the first year of the Sovereign Era, and it was called, because I have a great imagination, The Sovereign Era, Year One. Wow, um, nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, there were focus groups and surveys. And I'm really glad, I'm really glad you thought that one out, because that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just went through my comics and saw this book with uh, Frank Miller and Dave Massachusetts. I'm going to massacre his name. I'm like, oh yeah, Batman Year One, Sovereign Air Year One, done. Okay, good. Next. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dave Massacelli. That's the one. Thank you for yeah. doing that. Yeah, because I, I, <laughs> I would not be able to. Um, so uh, yeah, so I, I began to to formulate, like I said, the 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 uh, the outline uh, the outline for the pilgrimage book and um, or the book that would become pilgrimage. Had the outline all plotted out, and um, I wanted to make sure that this was the smartest thing for me to do as a creator. So I did. I asked my audience, um, is this, you know, many of you have said you want another Sovereign Era book, especially one featuring the characters from Brave Men Run. Are you serious? First question. Second question, would you back a Kickstarter campaign supporting such an endeavor with your, with your wallet? Uh, and, and the answer was the yeah. answer was was happily yeah about eighty percent of the folks said yes and so I did it and it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this body of work now. Let's talk a, a little bit if we could about SelznickSerials.com. I'd love to. That's my cue. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was, <laughs> and then there's this dead silence while he considers what he's going to say. <laughs> well, basically, Selznick Serials is free serial fiction by subscription. Um, every week, you get another installment. And when I thought about this project, now I've done serial fiction projects in the past, dating back to uh, the late 90s online. Um, but what the one thing that comes down to it is, uh, with all these distribution methods we have, we have apps and we have RSS feeds and all these different things. What's the one thing that everybody has, either on their computer or in their hand, and that's email. Email is the most ubiquitous, still the most ubiquitous way to get information, and so. Uh, Selznick Serials delivers a new installment of serial fiction uh, via email. Uh, all you have to do is give your email address, and uh, uh, once a week you get, on average, about a thousand words of serial fiction. 
I'm uh, well. By the time this is uh, this podcast is out, the debut serial will be out there in the public. It's called Walk Like a Stranger, and Volume One, the first fifty-two installment arc, is called Passing Through Home. Um, and um, this is, you know, I had a number of choices when it came to, you know, what story should I serialize. Um, and so I, I asked my audience, and this was the one that they said that they were most interested in, in reading. And the way I describe it, if it was an elevator pitch, and, uh, you know, if I was in an elevator somehow with, with uh, uh, your hero, Joss Whedon, um, <laughs> and he said, well, what are you working on, Matt? I would say, well, imagine the old kung fu TV series, David Carradine. Yeah. But imagine that in a realistic fantasy setting like Game of Thrones or Fawford and the Grey Mauser or something like that. Fawford. Very cool. So, Sounds like fun. I hope so, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get this going. Um, the uh, idea behind Walk Like a Stranger is our hero, uh, Tai Keb, his... He is, is a young priest of the shaper of the world. The shaper of the world is, is sort of the, um, uh, the, mono, the mono god of this, uh, of this setting. And the caretakers are the folks who are you know, basically the, the priests of this order who worship the shaper of the world. And sort of the, 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 the stage that all of the young priests go through before they're sort of, you know, fully, fully vested in the order is they have to go on a walk, you know, not, not unlike what, uh, you know, the Mormons do their mission. Um, but the thing about the walk is that they have to go out there and not be involved and not interfere with their surroundings. They're not out there to proselytize. They're not out there to preach. They're out there to observe and record. Um, and the longer that they're out there and the more sort of strict observer they're able to be, the stronger their connection with the shaper of the world becomes. And that, that connection manifests itself with, as, as some pretty powerful, um, well, if it was 1984 and I was Chris Claremont, I would call them psionic abilities. Um, I get that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Are you the same person who got the Fawford reference? Oh, yes, yeah. she is. <laughs> right on. <laughs> um, so, uh, so you know, I'll, I'll read you the, the little blurb that, that basically describes uh, uh, Walk Like a Stranger. Every young priest of the shaper of the world must walk like a stranger without involvement or interference across the land for a period of time in order to earn the mental gifts bequeathed by their god. When Tai Keb's walk unexpectedly, unexpectedly takes him to the troubled town where he was raised, will he stay strong in his convictions and his faith, or will a dangerous mystery and unwanted obligations force him to risk breaking his growing connection with the shaper of the world? I don't know, will it? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't, Matt, nobody does. <laughs> oh, believe me, I do. I do. Okay. I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, that's that's Selznick serials. Walk like a stranger is going to be the first, the first, uh, the first offering there. It is my hope that uh, I will uh, attract 
writers who are interested in working in the ongoing uh, serial format. And the model here basically is these are free to subscribe, free to read. Uh, each email will be uh, supported by a sponsor and also uh, offer the opportunity for readers to, to tip um, you know, the author on that particular uh, installment or on the series as a whole. Um, but that's always going to be voluntary. You, know, you don't have to uh, become a customer of the sponsor. You don't have to donate. Um, however, uh, at the end of each 52 installment arc, um, that volume will be packaged up as a print and as an ebook, and subscribers will be offered a substantial discount uh, on that. Uh, so I, I have a quick question. What if you um, hear about this after the first week? Is there a way to catch up? That's just what I was going to ask. You betcha. You betcha. Through the magic of email um, uh, mailing lists, whenever you sign up, you're going to get episodes from one. You know, starting with one, and a week after that, two, and a week after that, three, and a week after oh. that, four. Whenever you sign up, yes. So are so then, but you're limiting the signups to only these fifty-two weeks, right? No, 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 not at all. Not so, at all. so you can get this serialized at any time. You're right. Yes. So. Okay, well, anytime. I'm in a nitpick here. I'm, I'm just curious. <laughs> um, what happens if if one of your sponsors? God forbid, goes out of business. Well, that's the beautiful thing. Uh, again, through the technology of, of email mailing lists, uh, the sponsor snippet can be swapped out at any time. Oh. And anybody who hasn't received an email will uh, get the correct email with the correct snippet in it. I see you've thought this through. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> similar to, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the way short codes work in, in especially WordPress websites. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like that. It's a little snippet of code, and the code stays the same, but what the code means can change at any time. Awesome. So, yeah, so, yeah. So that's how that's going to work. One of the things that you're going to do for our listeners is offer them a promo code to get their own copy of the Charter's Duology. Yes, indeed. Here's what I'd like to do. Here's what I'd like to do. So the Charter's Duology is available as an ebook. Uh, it's it's what they call an omnibus edition with both Brave Men Run and Pilgrimage included. Uh, it's about 170,000 words of, of fiction. Normally sells for $9.49. For the first 50 listeners to respond with the coupon code SFSN, which is pretty easy to figure out how I came up with that one. Um, <laughs> They're going to get it for three ninety nine instead of nine forty nine. Nice. I hope so. I hope it. Uh, I hope it attracts some people to uh, to the sovereign area universe. Well, uh, I hope so too because I I got to tell you, I'm having a hell of a good time with it. I really I'm am. I'm really glad. Yeah. Um, PR fans, go get it. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That link, of course, will be in your show notes. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll, link to the sales page. Probably tweet it out too on Saturday. Absolutely. You know what? Let's keep it just... That's, that's something I should mention. Let's keep it just to the folks who listen. Ooh. So you're listening now. You're listening now, Maybe dear maybe, maybe we could do a cryptic tweet and say, there might be a, a gift for you if you listen to the show this week. You darn well better listen this week. Yeah, there yeah. We you, go. Go. You, might as, you, you darn well better be one of the first 50 don't, listeners. Yeah. Schedule yeah. that one up. 
Cri- yeah, Kriana, you're very good with the cryptic tweets. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with threatening tweets. I don't know about cryptic. <laughs> uh, it's a good idea, and I've done this with other podcasts. And the idea is to let's you know let's make sure people are actually listening to your show, you know, and not just checking out the website and going, ah, eh, whatever. Uh, you know, let's not uh, come to think of it. We're figuring this out while the listener, of course, is listening, unless you edit all this stuff out. We, we but, actually don't edit. Never. Edit. Okay, well, perfect, perfect. So let's not put it in the show notes. All right. Let's not. We, we let's won't not. put it anywhere. All, all folks need to do, listener, all you need to do is go to mattselznick.com, M-A-T-T-S-E-L-Z-N-I-C-K.com, slash shop. And click on the Charters Duology and uh, order the ebook from there. And when checkout time comes around, uh, or enter in the coupon code SFSN. And that way, you'll truly be rewarded for t- actually being a listener. I, I'm curious sh- as to how long. You're going to have to keep us posted on, on how long it actually takes for people to, A, listen to this podcast all the way through. Because this is, this is just about the end at this point. Yeah. Number yeah. two, follow directions properly. <laughs> It's Cam? a challenge, you know, and, Cam? you know, I'm... Go get Cam, it. yes, Cam. I'm expecting I'm you to be the first Cam one in line. You know, actually, uh, you know, Cam hasn't been listening live lately. Cam, if you're listening to the show, which I know you will eventually... What do you mean listening live? Okay? Well, we're live on Ustream right now. I didn't know we're that. Not inf- well, Cam's not around. Okay, well, Ustream listeners, none of this stuff is live yet, so you're going to have to wait until the podcast comes out. Yeah, you're going to have to wait till Saturday. Or Sunday. Yeah, well, uh, we'll try and get it so on Depending on how much Zombarian's brain slips. Anyway, Zombarian, you should put a note <laughs> in the show notes that says something like, better listen to the show for a present. I'm not even going to do that. I should. Oh, no, no, you should. No, I yeah. give them no help. Aww. That sounds Aww. very intriguing. Here's another, thing I'd like to, here's another thing I'd like to offer sure. the listeners. And... and and, uh, you know, you can tell uh, this, this week we should put in the show notes. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll send you guys the, the, uh, the files so you can link it up. Um, I'm, I'm offering a, a free ebook in either Mobi or EPUB format. So it'll work on your Kindle or anything else if you use the EPUB uh, file. Of a, of a short teaser of Walk Like a Stranger Passing Through Home. Think of it as an episode zero or an installment zero. Oh, um, that's really cool. Yeah. Dome, why don't you uh, reinstate Fiction Friday and pop that up tomorrow? As a because it won't be live. Yet. Oh, it won't be live tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just um, yeah, kidding. And for those people who are listening to this podcast, they're now like, "What are these crazy people talking about?" I know we're all over the place with the. I wasn't aware about the live the live streaming. So yeah, basically, Selznick serials and everything attached to it will be live on Saturday at some point on Saturday. Um, Saturday, the uh, what is that? The twenty first. Um, so, uh, so everything that applies to to that, you know, you'll have to wait until either Saturday or Sunday. However, aren't you excited? I think they're. I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. I hope they're excited. I can't see the UStream chat, but I bet everybody there is just just uh, you know I'm going e- crazy. Well, I'm excited. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, everybody that's all you need to know chat right now. <laughs> like i said cam's not around he's usually the only one who listens to us live so oh well hell you know, don't worry about it <laughs> anyway cam everything okay I, I, watch he's dead 
Actually, no. no. I, I actually got an email from Cam and from Karen and, and a few other of our listeners uh, a couple of days ago just asking some random questions, and we're going to see them next week at GraniteCon anyway. Okay, well, we will verify and report back on the state of Cam's health at that point. Mm. We should get some sort of Cam Cam. Cam Cam. A Cam Cam? Mm. <laughs> In any case, Cam. Matthew, it has been awesome talk to you about this and there's a wealth of, of fun and coolness and and readable information thank you so much for joining us today thank you it's been a lot of fun kriana yeah, i would ask you what's coming up in the next couple of weeks I, but we don't have a freaking clue i got nothing can we speak to the booker about this please go for it go speak to your bookie dome <laughs> yeah i know i'm gonna have to you're sleeping on the job young man but you look Watch, fabulous. he's listening, and now he's going to start crying. Oh, I know, I know. I hate when I do that to him, or too. Yell so, so why do you do it? Because it's fun. Dead Redhead. Okay, Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, GraniteCon, Rhode Island Comic-Con, and ComicArtHouse.com. Visit ComicArtHouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by the Traffic Lights. Pick up their CD, Hold a Folk, at, that was Hold a Folk, at robwattsonline.com. Doom! Of all the words, you screwed up Hold a Folk. I love that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank Matt Selznick for joining us tonight uh, for an incredible half an hour plus of, of really, really cool stuff. I want to thank uh, uh, our cast for being here uh, from the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and a grammar girl who whose mouth is tight and sore. Thank you both, ladies. That just sounded really wrong. Yeah, I did. know that I oh. was orthodontist today. Wow. Except now they do. <laughs> wow. From the four-color vault of comics, the dead redhead. Thank you, my darling. Thank you for not putting anything else with my name, Joan. <laughs> <laughs> This is the dead redhead saying creepy jar. Nice try with that. Genie, <laughs> shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. I know. <laughs>